Welcome to Real Talk, episode 155. I'm Todd. This is AJ. And we're back. Yo, 155. Here we go. Let's get it. We are miserable today. Uh, <laughs> that's a fact. So we're going to get this out in the open because let me tell you why I'm going to do this. Okay. Because people that watch our show long term, and you, you know this, they're going there. to they're gonna bring it up. They're going to say, what's wrong with you guys? Why, you, why don't you love Jesus? You look sad. Shouldn't you be happy all the time? That's what mm. they're going to say. That's true, actually. It's happened. And sometimes, uh, here's the thing, man. We do love Jesus, and yet we still get angry and sad because we're human beings. Yep. So uh, <laughs> We are human. That's so, true. So we're all kind of going through some stuff. I had a really serious talk before we went online today, or uh, went on today. Yeah. Um, so in case you guys pick up any weird vibe, we're good. We love each other, all that kind of stuff. It's not even all just about us, man. Just real talk happens all the time, and we have those conversations not just on camera. Yeah, it's true, man. So, you know, a lot of the stuff that we talk about, like a lot of stuff we talk about on on here, we tend to almost kind of go into beforehand, like when we're talking about like how our lives are. Personalized, like, yeah. Yeah, like we, we can tend to kind of talk about that stuff before, whether that's something that just happened or something that has been reoccurring, you know, whether that's causing issues or, you know, but like, you know, like you said, that the real talk does happen, not just here. And so... That that's that's true. Yeah, <laughs> and I just know me and you both are not the best at hiding our emotions on our face. <laughs> uh, you are better than me. I am terrible at it. <laughs> so yeah, life. You know, just to be real about it, man. Like we're just getting into this. Life is hard. You know, church church is hard. Community is hard. People are not fun, right? We as human beings are selfish and yeah. broken and, um, you know, if we're not intentional, we, you know, Clint mentioned a message that I did a few years ago and it's true called bumper cars, bumper, I don't remember, bump, whatever. And it's this something, idea. Something along those yeah, lines. we do that, man. You know, like <laughs> if I have a bad day, I come in and I bump into you, which makes you have a bad day and you're going to bump into someone else and it's just this mess and. You know, we're talking about culture. We talk about it all the time. We're not going to stop talking about culture, about the church. And so it's not just us. It's just life's heavy, man. And I, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I told the guys before we got on, I'm in a weird place. And it's not like I'm like miserable or mad all the time even or anything like that. It's just like I guess I'm running a little low on hope and a little low on passion, which if anyone that knows me knows both of those I have quite a bit of typically. Like I'm a pretty, right. even, even though I don't think about it, I'm usually a typically pretty, pretty hopeful person because when you're a dreamer, you tend to be a hopeful person because you think things are possible. So I haven't had a lot of that. And, and, uh, what that ends up doing is I think it puts me like, you used the word right before we went on. And honestly, man, it just describes where I'm at. And it's the yeah. word defeated. I feel defeated lately. Um, in the sense of like, not like I just roll over and die, but like <laughs> more like, there's a bunch of stuff happening around me. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? No, it does make sense because I think I can relate to it a lot. But I think I, for me personally, I think I tend to be more like, um, when I th- when I think of defeated for me, I think it's, I think I have two stages of it. I think I do the thing where like you're saying like where I'm like, oh, it's everything's fine or whatever, you know, when everything's kind of burning. But then I also get to the part of like where like you say like I, I don't usually get there, which is my problem is like, I get over to the roll over and die part a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. Either so. both both are not good. No. So. No, definitely not good and but you know what? 
And what? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I don't know if I really had anything else after that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we just want to say that, and I know that's a weird way to start the show, but otherwise you're going to pick up on it. You're going to think we hate each other. You're going to think we're mad or something's going on. Um, so we just told you ahead of time, being real. Yeah. Um, we'll come back to that maybe. But we got a full show today. We really do. We got a lot, a lot to go on. First and foremost... I don't know if you can see everything, but happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. I know this is coming at you guys a day after, but you know, we didn't get a chance to say to you, will you be our Valentine? Happy love day. Will you be, will you be mine? Will you you be my forever girl? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, uh, pretty cool, fun turn. I think think, uh, old production guy Blake, a monster that we don't even really interact with anymore, but yeah, he, uh, he apparently helped him, and uh, yeah. So in in lieu of that, look at this. We got a Valentine. Yeah, man, we did. We got a Valentine. Fun, and I feel I feel terrible because I didn't get Fun Turn a Valentine. Me either, man. Fun Turn thought of us, and from what I from what I'm told, yeah, there's a special message to us on this. There is, yeah, and a giant Kit Kat, which I am going to enjoy. Strawberry somewhere. and dark chocolate. He even kept it healthy. Yeah. <laughs> So, note to everyone, AJ <laughs> believes that because it's dark chocolate Kit Kat, it's, that's it's, a healthy treat. That's all the reason why you're yeah. right. Well, I, I, you know that it wasn't just the dark chocolate, it was also the strawberry. Strawberry, <laughs> yeah. You are the smile that makes my heart happy. Thank you. Uh, that is kind. And also amazingly good looking. <laughs> There's Thank never you. a dull moment with you. Love you, Todd. You're awesome, man. I'll worry. Thanks, man. I love you, too. Love you, love you, man. And then you thank put you. An incredibly looking, you scratched it out. So thank I, I, you. Yeah. I ran into. I ran into spacing problem. Yeah, I write too big. Listen, then... I've said this before. Yeah. Fun turn is nicer than any girlfriend I've ever had for my ego. That's a fact. <laughs> and yours says what? Mine says, "There's never a dull moment with you. Love you, dude. Hope you have a great Valentine's Day." <laughs> yeah, mine says that too. And the truth is, there is never a dull moment. With you. It's true, man. So. I couldn't figure out how to spell Leviathan or else I would have put that on there. It's just an insult. <laughs> so we'll do, you know what we'll do here? We'll do a little taste test. So thank okay. you, Fun Turn. Yeah, man. I love Making it. the day special. I think, Appreciate honestly, you, dude. dude, you've got a really good eye for decorating. I'm he not does. just saying he that. It, you, it's uncanny. He's he's always decorated for all of our holidays. So he's, a little, little you know holiday what? Packs. This, this, this intern's worked out okay. <laughs> this Fun Turn. Uh, way oh, more me. positive than that other fun guy we used to have. Remember him? He hated fun. Down guy? <laughs> Down guy Austin. <laughs> if you listen to this, you're going to hate us. Yep. This is incredible, by the way. I'm excited to try it. Fun turn, did you get yourself one? No. Here. It smells good. This, hey, is, this is it. <laughs> that thing flew like a frisbee. Dude, it, actually, it? Dude, it had an upward traje- trajectory. I don't know how you did that. Pretty good. Mm. It's one of those things that mm. the strawberry is there. Mm-hmm. It's understated, but it's there. I would eat this candy bar as a separate candy bar. Yeah, this is really good. Oh, yeah. Do they just do this as a regular candy bar or no? Uh, I think this one was for Valentine's Day. It's good. They're getting really good at this. Kit Kat is actually, you know how all these candy bars? They are one of, the, one of the better ones, yeah. Mm-hmm. They've come up, they've hit a lot of ones out of the it's park. Really good, man. The fruity cereal one's really good. We you had know, that one on there, too. We found out that Reese's has really gone, oh, the fruity cereal one is good. But Reese's is also creating a wide variety of treats as of late. They're just like, what can we make? Compacted peanut butter? Remember that? The it. one that, yeah. That, that snack bar you brought the other day was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a light granola bar Reese's. But they do snack cakes. They do that one that has chips in it. Mm-hmm. I saw it at Walmart. You can't really taste the chip, but it's I supposed agree. to be in there. Oh, I love it. 
I'm trying to keep my mouth away from the mic so no one can hear me. Oh, all right. They oh, heard we can me already chew, hear you. Bro. I was right here. I can hear you chew. <laughs> I can hear you chew next next county over. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> chew guys. I'm sorry. Thank you. No, it's your saliva, man. It's not that. That's true, actually. No, EJ I'm... produces a high amount of saliva. Mm-hmm. I have the opposite problem. Everything crunches that I could chew. I could eat that's literally awesome. a marshmallow and it have would you crunch. Heard him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you that dude. That's a great way to put it. Every everything he chews crunches. That's not even a joke. <laughs> a marshmallow. That's a. Gr- that's right. That's spot on. I've been told that I also have a weird way that I chew. How's that? I'll show you. Okay. Pause the show. You know what it's like. It's a camel. You chew like a camel. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because that's the first thing I thought of. And I'll tell you the difference. It's not a horse. Okay? Because you start it here. Kind of in the frontish. See? And then you go back and forth. Right? You don't go all the way back. You're right here. Mm-hmm. That's a camel. <laughs> You're a camel chew. It makes me wonder if that's a part of the reason why. I think I chew way too much. I chew the way I do. Like, 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 like it produces so much noise. Because it's in the front? Maybe. Here I go. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think I'm even chewing the way I really chew. Yeah. I think I'm like a British. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know if mine's the way I chew or I just have terrible teeth. Three fingers. And I refuse Dude. to get braces. They literally were like, we're going to give you braces. You're going to do this. And they're like, do you want braces? And I looked at my mom and I said, I'm not getting braces. <laughs> and then, yeah. and she just yep. went like this. Well, Good luck convincing him. And then they tried, and then we left, and they're like, I didn't convince you, did they? And I'm like, they almost had me. And then they said I couldn't have popcorn. I hate popcorn. So it would work for me. I can't. You have a camel, man. That's a- <laughs> so, because I was told that my, it's like my chin kind of goes back and forth. Like it rocks back and forth. Is that true? I already told you what I said. What I, maybe that's the camel part that I'm noticing. You think I just picked the camel randomly? I'm telling you the truth. When I looked at you, I go, what am I seeing right now? It a is camel. a camel. Have you seen a camel chew? Maybe that's why I'm having a hard time, because I don't think I've ever seen a camel chew. Gotcha. Or if I have, I just didn't really pay much attention, which would fit my M.O. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's probably weird that I've studied the chewing of a camel. But regardless. Hey, dude, I want you to know when you said... I choose like a camel, and I'm like, Todd is such a ecliptic man that he knows how a camel chews. Oh boy, here's, okay, a, here's, 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 a, here's a camel chewing straight on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it doesn't go that far over. It doesn't go that far over. It doesn't go. <laughs> it doesn't. Your jaw doesn't all the way go over, but it kind of fits what you said. People told you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a camel. Anyway, it doesn't go over that much. You showed me that. Yeah. I'm going to put that on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> that fits with your childhood because Lord knows oh you were gosh, just watching dude. some action movie and then like you saw a camel and you're like, that's how I chew. <laughs> that's dude. hilarious. Anyway, that's that. Don't be insulted, man. Camels, no. camels are powerful animal. <laughs> they spit in people's faces. <laughs> It's a powerful animal, right? Anyway, what, hey. Why is it powerful? <laughs> what a camel? powerful about a camel? <laughs> Have you ever seen a... Camels can go a long time. A camel is a strong animal. Right? Can go a long time what? Like, walking. Like walking okay. <laughs> Chewing, whatever they're doing, man. They go water, a lot of water. Drink yeah. a lot of water. 
Anyway, I think they can oh. spit, can't they? Oh yeah, they yeah. spit in people's faces. It's terrible. Yeah, I've heard camels are pretty pretty ornery, as the word would say. Uh huh. You have to promote. They, people who work with them are the most hilarious. I kind of want watch. one. They're like this. They're like, and they like slowly walk up, and they're like putting their hands out, and they're like very like, or they're just like they. It depends on the person because sometimes they'll just walk up to the camel, slap it in the face, and say, "Get on it." I kind of want a camel. I'm not kidding you. The weird part about me bringing up the camel, it makes sense why I immediately knew it was a camel. Because the other day I saw someone, something happened with it. Like I watched a video of a camel. No joke. I was like, I kind of want a camel. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen them run? Mm -hmm. Someone's riding them. It oh, looks yeah. so funny. I've, never seen I've heard they're very uncomfortable to ride. I oh, can imagine. Well, because you're just kind of sitting in the hump, right? Like, they're a strange animal, actually. Mm -hmm. You ever like, they're one of those animals like the elephant that we take for granted because we've seen them, you know, as humans. But I want you to picture seeing a camel for the first time. Just running through the desert, what running at you. Yeah, man. That's a strange animal. It is. That's an odd sight, or actually. The, or the elephant. Huh. Hippo. Any of that stuff. All out of it, man. Yeah. Giraffes. Dude. Yeah. 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 It's a strange animal. And imagine the, the camel running towards you, and they're like, what is that? And then it gets within range and spits on them, and they're like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they're weird animals. Anyway, uh, we're going to keep going. We're going to go. Uh, we may come back to our lives. I, I think we need to dive into some questions. We kind of... We got a lot going on in your questions today. Okay. We even had some come in last minute. So I'll go ahead and start. Stick around, folks. We're going to have a good time today. Maybe. Um, but Maybe. Uh, we do have a lot of really interesting questions and some, I think, some pretty cool articles to go through. Um, you know, yeah. you like the Biebs? You're, you're a fan of Bieber and his wife? Well, we got, a, we got, a, we got an article for you. Boom. You, uh, you a Gen Zer? <laughs> Stick around. We'll tell you all about yourself. We'll tell you exactly how you live. Yep. <laughs> Moving on. So, AJ, number one. This is an interesting question. Um, people people have been giving us kind of interesting questions trying to, like, about us lately. And I, found, I find this one a bit interesting in the sense of, like, I get what they're asking. I don't know why I'm still talking. Here he is. Number one. We all get jealous sometimes. And I was wondering if you guys ever have to fight off feelings of jealousy towards each other. If so... What have you been jealous of in each other? In an interesting way, mm. this is almost could also be a complimentary thing. Yeah, it's funny because most of the time when I'm in a positive place, I usually think, yeah, man, that's cool. Like, that, that's a genuine question. But being in not so great of a place lately, I can think they're trying to turn us against each other. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> but that's why I, when I think of jealousy, though, I kind of view it as a good thing. So I'll start. So, like, there have been times... AJ, and this is not a joke, AJ, I always tell him he, he has an ability I think I used to have, where AJ is naturally, like, people just love the guy, like, it, you know, and I think at times I could be jealous of the fact that, like, people think good of him, like, mm -hmm. naturally, which is pretty cool, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in the past. Now, again, jealous is a strong word. Yeah. Um, but because... No, the envy sounds worse. Oh. So jealous, but but in the spirit of the question, I would say that. But really, I've also admired it because I've mm. told him that, and I think it's a it's a cool gift to have. Thank you. Yeah, I used to have it before, and, and I think you're look at your sad mirrored future. <laughs> sad mirrored future. Uh, you become a jaded person and lose it. But anyway, yeah, I, I I've I've thought that. Um, I guess as far as yeah, I was, I'll leave it there. I don't think I've okay. Um, I would say, for you, man, your boldness. I get jealous of your boldness. <laughs> I do. Um, and I also, I think, I think I can find myself, uh, like, wishing that I was able to, like, communicate the way you do. You're a great communicator. 
Um, hmm. I would say that you're able to get a message across to people, and even like to me, for example. Um, and I think that I'm not the best at that. Like, I don't think I'm a great communicator. So I would definitely say your boldness and your communication skills are big. Um, and dude, like you just have, you're just also a go-getter, man. Like that's one thing I'm very, that that's probably the biggest one actually. Like I just admire how much that you're just able to just say, you know what, we're going to do this and you just find ways to do it, man. You don't give up. It's ironic considering I started by saying I'm defeated. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Fun turn. I mean, and this is gonna sound crazy, dude. He's a pretty natural athlete, man. Mm-hmm. And and he also has an ability to like things happen to him. This is gonna sound so ridiculous, but and he doesn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Like I that it's gonna sound something to be jealous about, but like I've seen things happen to him. Like the time down the hill where we we talked about this on real talk. Oh yeah. Knee, and my knee would have shredded, mm-hmm. and he's just like I'm fine, and hobbles along. You know what I mean? Or like the time of basketball a few weeks ago and he went, whoosh, Yeah, that was and I thought he was one, dead. Dude. That was scary. Right? And he just hopped back up and kept playing. Yep. He's like made of titanium. <laughs> titanium. Strangest thing. Um, so snap a table in half, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was, yeah. Um, I would say f- for, for fun turn, um, <clears throat> I really admire his mind. Um, I think it's very, he's very creative um, and he's able to yeah, man, you're just very – you're able to, like, take things and just expand on them, man. And, like, that's just such a cool skill. Like, I don't have that mm. skill. Like, I'm not able to just, like, create a world as I'm going. Like, I can't do that. Um, and it's cool because that also, like – that leaks into other areas of your life, too. Like, it's it doesn't just stay there. Like, you're able to think of creative things in other places. It doesn't just stay in that specific spot, and that's really cool. So if I, if I was jealous of one thing, man, it's your mind. You have a very cool mind. Thank you. All right, moving on. What do you got? This next question. Uh, the family and homes we are raised in shape who we become so much. That's true. What are the things you hope to keep going with your own adult families, and what are the things you want to protect your, your adult family from, your wives, kids, et cetera? Like from our, fam- from our family life? We were yeah. Raised? Um, yeah, what are, what are the things you, you hope to keep keep intact and the things you would rather like kind of like try to get rid of and not yeah i i appreciate so i think a couple things come to mind uh and i so i'll use one that's sort of a double-edged sword i i want i appreciate that my family raised me to believe um that no one's better than me right not that i'm the exact phrase i've been taught by both my parents independently growing up Hmm. hey nobody's better than you and you're not better than anyone else Right? Or you're not better than anyone else, but no one's better than you either. So this idea of like kind of tied to that is like you can do anything. Mm. You know, you can accomplish anything. I can kind of believe that. And I love that. And kind of the fighter mentality of like I'll just keep fighting. Um, you know, boldness, kind of like you said. Yeah. Um, I think protecting from it would sort of be the dark side of that, which is, you know, can at times be like don't share feelings, you know, feelings like hurt and sadness like that wasn't shared really ever (laughs) um you know as we got older when you're a little kid I'm not saying like when we got hurt but like as far as like I'm sad today I I never knew how to process that stuff you know that kind of thing and never never shared that so I think that would be one of them and then kind of the dark side of the fighting thing is like being a fighter like in the (laughs) sense of you know you can be come off as aggressive all the time and all that kind of stuff so that'd probably be it that there's a healthy balance between the two hmm 
Yeah, man. I would say, for me, one thing that I'd want to keep from the way I was raised is, um, like security. Like I knew when I was growing up, like I was gonna have what I needed. Um, mm. I would That's definitely, nice. wanna, I would definitely want to keep that, because um, it was just so nice having to not worry about um, whether or not you know. I was going to have clean clothes or have food, you know, like I just, I never had to worry about that stuff. And I would love to provide that for, you know, my family if I have one. Um, <clears throat> secondly, as far as like what I'd probably want to <laughs> avoid, it would be, you know, just nobody really processing through any sort of feelings like mm -hmm. that. That was really hard. It still affects me now. Um, so I would definitely want to make it a point to let people know like how we're doing how we're feeling, if there's any problems, you know, because <clears throat> even though that's something I still struggle with now, whenever that, whenever I'm able to break through that and actually tell people, hey, here, there, there's a problem. Hey, this is how I'm feeling. The other side is always so much better. Mm. Like there's, whether that's, there's peace now or there's able, like a problem is able to get solved. Like there's just, there's always a better outcome when you're able to do that opposed to just, doing just not telling anybody anything so that's probably a big one i'd want to avoid yeah it makes sense <clears throat> makes sense yeah man go down come up there you go shouldn't have touched it <laughs> dude um, i'm so sorry no 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 i that was i actually had it in a decent <laughs> spot and i foolishly moved it or touched <laughs> it at all so that was my mistake um all right <clears throat> what's something that has you excited that's coming up in your personal lives hmm Well, this is a hard question right now because <laughs> same way. Uh, yeah, see, this is a hard question right now because honestly, like we kind of told you pre-show, like not pre-show, but like in the beginning of the show that we're kind of all in a weird place. Like, um, a lot of changes have been happening lately, um, and they're not necessarily good ones for me personally. <laughs> so, um, what am I looking forward to? I don't know. Um, you know, I'm. <laughs> You know, um, I will say this. I'm thankful that I'm I'm not where I used to be. I will say that. I am thankful that I'm not just, like, by myself, not seeing people, you know. I think that I can at least take that and know, like, dude, like, I'm, I'm still, like, it, like, things could be so much worse than where they're at now. So even though if I'm, even if I'm having a hard time finding something to be excited about looking forward, like, or, like, looking forward to, <clears throat> it doesn't mean that life is worse than it was then. Mm. And that's what I'm trying to, I guess, that's what I'm trying to hold on to in my mind. Um, I will say this, man, I still love church. Like, <laughs> like, you know, whenever we're in that sanctuary with all those people, like it's special to me and like, you know, it's powerful still. And so if there's one thing to be excited about in my personal life, man, it's being able to go to church. Um, that's something that, you know, since I've been saved, dude, like, I just can't see myself not going to church now. Like, <laughs> it's such a beautiful thing. Mm. And I don't know where I would be without church. So, like, if there's ever one thing I'll be, I'll be excited, like, I'll always have, like, hey, that I'm looking forward to that. It's church. <laughs> so, to answer your question, <laughs> I look forward to church this week. <laughs> about you, man? <clears throat> Sorry. 
I also have I have no idea. I, I was gonna I, say the same thing as I you. I get it, man. Um, something's coming up. <laughs> yeah, I told you guys. I I'm not. I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know that. And I don't. I'm, I don't say that like no, everything's bad. I just don't have anything that I'm really excited about coming up. Mm-hmm. Which is, you got anything? Which is what? It's just different than from, from people probably used to, but like that's the truth. Like yeah, I, I think. Yeah, because uh, no, uh, I, I think there's two things. And one is to define excited, um, and the other one is um, I guess I'm excited to go to Winter Jam this week. I'm, go. I'm going to it again, and I'm in a better place than I was before. And I think there's a I'll go into it when we talk about our lives, but there's a I I'm realizing things about myself, and I'm excited to go to that, and I'm excited to see uh, just go see all the artists again. Scream my voice raw again, get a ridiculous workout where I burn over 5,000 calories because I'm jumping around and then grab my back because I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the other thing I think I, again, the defined excitement would be um, I have a dream and I, I want to go do a business, op- business uh, create my own idea and go forward with that. And though it's excitement because I'm like, this is an opportunity and a possibility to happen, but it's also pure fear because I'm like, I have no idea how to do any of this. And I'm like, hey, I can, <laughs> I can put my creativity on the page, but as for the actual anything to do with business at all, I am completely useless. Um, I have no idea whatsoever. So there's this excitement of like, yeah, this could be super cool. And then also the paralyzing fear of what? 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 How do you do any of this? And why are there so many laws? <laughs> why is it so complicated? So, yeah, I, I guess that's that's pretty much what I got. Well, that's cool, man. I'm glad you have like I'm glad you you're looking at that as like a, an opportunity, dude. And like you're not just like you're not. It sounds like you're not just sitting in like a what if. You know, you're actually trying to make it a reality. So that's pretty cool, dude. Thank you. It's yeah. very it's very interesting. Normally, you guys are the ones that are the uh, optimist, and I am normally the pessimist. And we've slowly <laughs> started to change. And I'm sitting here going, "Huh." Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know, man. Life's odd. It just brings different seasons, and like, yeah, that's true. You know, that's just one of the places we're in. <laughs> um, but yeah, cool stuff, dude. I hope I hope you keep walking that out, dude, and like like keep asking questions, especially like the business side of things, and like you keep it up, dude. I think it's really cool what you're doing. I love um, it. You're up. Let's see here. There's pulled that up. Oh, perfect. Nice. So <coughs> did you look at that yet? I did. Um, it's a wild not, story. Yes. Um, so we had an article. Some one of y'all sent us in an article, um, and it was about the Nephilim. Um, and you guys had two questions on it, which is, do you think this is? Oh, I guess it's kind of weird to try to ask that. So question. essentially, this article. I just mm-hmm. pulled it up. Okay. It says the mythical Kandahar giant, the biblical cryptid allegedly killed by U.S. special forces in Afghanistan. <laughs> So in 2002, an elite tactical team was said to have killed the Kandahar giant, which was a 13-foot-tall beast with flaming red hair, six fingers on each hand, and two sets of teeth. Crazy. In 2016, a YouTuber posted a lengthy interview with a military contractor identified only as Mr. K. In the interview, Mr. K claimed to have been present during the brutal slaughter of a killer he called the Kandahar giant. The killing of the giant, he said, took place during the height of Operation Enduring Freedom in 2002 when the military was engaged in fierce battles with the Taliban in their de facto capital in Kandahar province during the U.S. Investiga- I'm sorry, invasion of Afghanistan, 
but this was no human fighter. The Kandahar Giant, Mr. K said, was 13 feet tall, fought with fiery red hair, six fingers, and two sets of teeth. It even killed one of the Special Forces soldiers with a spear before the rest of the unit brought it down with 30 seconds of sustained gunfire. And after they radioed it in, the Army took away its corpse and has hidden it ever since. It goes on to say that the uh, Special Forces ops that saw that, that's kind of an open secret among them, like, but they were forced to sign uh, NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. And then supposedly, according to the right of this, you know, some of the people, they've started to come forward now because they believe people have the right to know this. Wow. And then their, their reason they say that the army would not want us to know this, or the, I'm sorry, the government, is because it would back Bibli the Bible. And, and they don't want people and they to don't want that. Oof. Right. Um, so that's kind of the giant. And then he, so the question is, go ahead. That was the, that's the gist of the article. So, and the, so the, the person whoever asked this, you guys, you had two questions. Which the first one was, do you think this is even possible biblically today? I thought they were wiped out in the Old Testament. So that's the first question. Sure. Um, I mean, yeah, that was that was that was the. I guess you're right biblically, mm -hmm. right? Um, if I were making an argument for this, I could say that doesn't mean that their bloodlines, you know, or something. Were right, did not. Um, but again. You're right. According to scripture, they, they were wiped out. Mm. You're also assuming they're Nephilim because the one person said that, like in the article. Yep. Um, and the second, so okay, so the second question is, but biblical scholars largely agree that the Nephilim tales were metaphors not based on the reality of a 13-foot giant living in the desert. And they said, this has me thinking because as I read it, it says the Nephilim weren't real. And I believe after reading the Bible and doing some research on them that they are real. So were they real? According to scripture, they were real. Um, and now they're not always giants. <clears throat> it, actually, it actually says that they were like the the great men of history. So I had a thought. You know, you think about Gilgamesh, Hercules. You know, what if it? What if those myths, Gilgamesh, Hercules, for instance, very similar stories from different eras. What if those were tales of the Nephilim, the great men of you know that had this blood in them? It's um, crazy to think about. But regardless, yeah, they existed, um, which was the <clears throat> the union of the angels that were cast from heaven with humans. Now, we know that those angels that had done that were specially chained, even more so, like, they aren't even roaming because they did that. It's freaking um, nuts, man. So demonic, yeah, these, these creatures. So very interesting. Very interesting little story. What's interesting to me is, like, there is, and I'm not saying this about you, whoever wrote this question. I think you have a really good question, but there's a lot of interest, man. I can't tell you how many times I hear about the Nephilim. People always want to talk about the Nephilim. Yeah, I think it's just the, maybe the mystery of it. I think so, and I think it's probably us trying to like create, like wrap our heads around the reality of like a thirteen foot being. Yeah, <laughs> like, but I just mean in general, like people want to like they're very interested in that concept. Right? I got the you. Nephilim. Yeah, man. Um, it's kind of like uh, you know the people that are really interested in the the Book of Enoch. Kind right. Of Similar. So, yeah, I got just you. mystery or whatnot. Hmm. Great. Hey, thank you for sending the article. It's interesting, regardless. We love that kind of stuff, yeah. so it makes it yeah. really appreciate it. Um, I got one more question. Sure. What part of God's personality and characteristics do you find the easiest for you to accept, and what and what do you want, what is the one that you find hardest, and why? Oof. Boy, that's hard. I know. Yep. Um, it's easy. For, oh, here's one. I guess I'm going to define it this way. It's easy for me to accept God as Lord, in the sense of like. God is God and I'm not, and I don't understand everything. That doesn't mean I always obey him like Lord, you know, or that I accept. But the idea of God being God and me, I don't, he doesn't owe me explanations. He doesn't, that's easy for me. He's the king. He's the Lord of Lord, King of Kings. He is God. That is not an issue for me. Uh, 
concept of father is a problem for me at times. Loving father. It's hard for me sometimes to put those two things together and to know that he loves me deeply, right? And not just like he, uh, you know what I mean? Not that that's just hard for me, I guess. Mm. If I were to put, if that's, if that's me defining what they mean by characteristic. Okay. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So easy for me to accept him as Lord and, and creator and king, much harder for me to, to, to internalize and accept him as a loving father. Not because I don't want to, I want to, it's just hard for me hmm. that he could, you know, love me despite all the junk that I am. Yeah, sometimes. man. That's really good. It's really easy for me, for, for me to see him as a loving father to you though. That's what's interesting. But not for myself. So odd. Isn't that weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's interesting because it, like I'm the worst one, right? Yep. In my own mind. I think the same thing, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Um Great I would, question. I would say for me, I think it's it's funny because I think I kind of flip with you. I think I, I struggle with him being Lord <laughs> because I am still a lot of the time caught up in like the way things were in my life. So like you know, I was just always kind of like, I'll do what I want, and, you know, whatever I'm feeling, that that's just what I'll do, or that's how I'll act, you know? Um, and him being Lord, he tells me what I need to do, and it's a command. It's not an option. Well, and so I go, oh. <laughs> I don't like that. Yep. I go, well, you know, it's not how I feel. So um, that's one of my biggest battles is, is him being Lord and me accepting that and obeying that. Um Got a little rebel in me, you could say. Mm. Um, and then the one that I am that I find easier to accept for me is like, well, definitely father. Like, I think I have kind of a direct flip with like yours. Like, I, I can accept him as father better, um, easier. Um, mm. And I guess I don't really know why. It's just one of those things where it's awesome. I mean, it's it's just like well you know like I things could be worse like he's still protecting me like I can look back and like even like at times when like I didn't even know him he was protecting me mm. so now that I'm aware of who he is and yeah. I know it's real it's like okay like you were protecting me even when I didn't even know you and didn't accept you now that I have like how much more you know it, well, actually not even how much more it's just it's always stayed the same he's just loved me unconditionally man it's crazy so like. Um, that one's easier. Um, I don't know if it's the easiest, but I don't really know what the easiest would be, though. I don't know. His character, like, his characteristics of maybe, like, um, it's interesting, I guess for me, maybe not easiest, but this is probably more on the harder scale, is, like, trying to understand that God has emotions, too. Since we're made in his image, he has emotions. Yeah, absolutely, he does. And... It's hard for me sometimes because I go, like, how does he not act out of those things? You know? Yeah. Like, that that one is just kind of hard for me to wrap my head around sometimes because, like, even when I think about, like, sometimes, like, I'll have, like, like the slightest bit of something, like, whether that's frustration or emotion uh, or, like, you know, anger or whatever. Yeah. You know, and I I can either act on it or it at least changes how, how I, like, come off. I'm like, dude, like, the fact that he feels that all the time and is still perfect is unbelievable. Like, it's insane to me, you know? It's hard to understand sometimes. Hmm. It's a great question. Be curious yeah. to know, uh, <clears throat> you know, those of you that are listening, if you want to shoot us, uh, you know, your thoughts at www.theremnant.life slash real-talk or, Boom. you know, in the comment section of wherever you're watching, if you're watching a video. You know, Shooting listen. comments. All right, hey, we got more. 
<clears throat> so oh, wait, there's more. I got something that came in to, today. Wait a minute, because I, th I asked for mine, right? Yeah. That was on my list, so <clears throat> here it is. So I have a question about this past election. So with all the craziness that's happened, how should uh, we respond as Christians in regards to respecting our leader? Because from what I have seen and feel with the election, we don't really know who, our, who the leader is. Hmm. So what do we do with that as Christians? Hmm. <laughs> um, you know, when it comes to like this kind of a thing, <clears throat> I know the Bible tells us to like, you know, like, like respect the leadership and like follow the leadership. I think the, when, when the leadership is starting to go above God and starting to cut out, trying to cut out things that, that the Bible tells you to do, that's when you don't have to. That's when you choose God over that. Um, but as far as, like, this specific situation, like, how do I respect the president? Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's an interesting thing. Like, <sighs> I don't know, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Because it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, I guess what what exactly are you, are you looking to, like, respect you know are, are you trying to respect his decisions because you can agree with like you can agree or disagree with someone's decision making and still be respectful so like yeah. like i guess like do you publicly trash the president like yeah. you know maybe that's something you could stop doing if you feel convicted on that <laughs> you know or like yeah. i guess that's kind of where my mind went but i don't know like does that make sense yeah i think here's the thing i think i know what you're talking about and i have to be careful not because i'm afraid to say it but because i don't want us to get shadow banned again um, I will tell you this. So some stuff just came out this week, two days ago, about some stuff that happened in President Trump's campaign. He was spied upon. This is a fact. Mm -hmm. And now we're trying to find, and during his presidency, which is crazy. And now we're trying to, <clears throat> his name's Durham. He's doing a special investigation. He came out publicly and said this. He's um, tied, he, he has said he's making a claim in a court of law that, the, that Clinton, uh, Hillary Clinton, campaign foundation her group paid and worked with fbi members or corrupt members of government to do that you know on a sitting president etc um you know and that that starts making you wonder what's going to happen of course we've all heard the 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 claims of election fraud and some yep. of those are you know that's not even been that's not even done yet nope <clears throat> what i would say is you just have to <clears throat> cross that bridge when you get there as you made a great point follow the laws of the land if and when Leaders at any position begin to tell us to do things that contradict our call or our conscience in Scripture as believers. Then, then we we know that you know we have we we serve a higher power. Hmm. But until that moment comes, we do the best we can to live at peace with everyone and to follow the laws of the land. You know what I mean? And by peace, I just mean not being argumentative and mm. you know not meaning go out and cause a stir right uh, but that that's the thing and i think even when <clears throat> you know you, you, you don't let anything come out of your mouth um unless it's edifying for the building up so like you can speak truth against things without tearing because here's the reality even a leader that you don't respect is made in the image of god and god cares about that person and wants them saved so 
you know, saying Truth. things like I want to kill this, I want this person to die or all those kinds of things, man. Like that's, that's yep. not the heart of God. So what I would encourage you to do is keep praying, pray that truth comes out, pray that God's, <clears throat> God puts the right people in charge, that, that evil and corruption is exposed and dealt with. And then in the meantime, uh, you know, pray for his direction for our country and for you and me. And then if the moment comes that we find that out, then, you know, uh, that, that question becomes more interesting then, right? Hmm. If something were to come out, we're saying, hey, now you've got two groups of people. One says 100% this person didn't, isn't the legal whatever, isn't the legally elected official. And the other one says, well, we're not leaving. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But right now, you know, there's nothing wrong with speaking truth ever. Absolutely, man. Does that make Never. sense? So I agree with AJ. Uh, beyond that, so great question. I love the the real questions. Yeah, if man. that doesn't answer specifically, feel free to shoot us in more specific questions. Yeah, and I like how you broke that down, dude. Because I think a lot of the time, even me, like sometimes I don't think of like the basis of our faith <laughs> in, in situations. So even like like what you said, I like what you said. Like, hey, like pray for them. Like pray, yeah. like pray that they like they have like a like a change of heart. You know, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. Like, I think we <laughs> we tend to Ooh. think. I don't know why, but I think we tend to think like we either have to just like blindly follow things, even if we disagree, or like we just like, or we have to like hate it. You know, it's kind of it's a person. It's the narrative of today in society. That's really good, man. Like it's uh, it's been indoctrinated. So bipolar, like so polarizing. I'm sorry, so polarizing. You got it's got to be one or the other extreme. That's really Mm -hmm. good. All right, next question. Excuse me. With Valentine's Day being yesterday, and I know the holiday can be super lonely. My question is, how do y'all deal with that loneliness? Either in the past, in the present, or ever. How have you dealt with that loneliness? Or loneliness in general? Hmm. <clears throat> um, Sorry. It's funny. We actually kind of had a, 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 a conversation about this a little bit without even knowing this was going to be a question. So this is kind of cool. Um, we'd all just kind of ask each other, like, have you ever, like, gotten, like, sad or lonely on Valentine's Day? Like, even if, like, you know, say you weren't with somebody. And for me, like, Valentine's Day specifically has never really bothered me too much, um, whether I was with somebody or I wasn't. Um, but as far as just, like, loneliness in general, do you think they're meaning, like, romantically because they mentioned Valentine's Day? Uh, maybe, but, I mean, lon- they did just say loneliness in general. Right. Okay. So. I mean, they didn't say romantically, so. So as far as dealing with loneliness, like, I think I went through I went through a time in my life where, I just had almost kind of accepted loneliness (laughs) and kind of just, it was just like a a regular part of my life. Um, And how I got out of that was I had to force myself to be around people. Um, And then before you know it, like as time went on and I kept doing that, it, it wasn't as much as being forced as I just wanted to go see people and I wanted to be with them again. And like a lot of time loneliness we can, and you know, it's hard, but we can use loneliness a lot as an excuse to, like, we want people to come to us. We want people mm-hmm. to go around anything that we, like, we, we're never willing to be proactive because being proactive can hurt sometimes because when we're the ones jumping first and no one jumps with you, you know, it can feel, it can hurt. And uh, that's something that, as a Christian, especially in your life, like, <laughs> you're, you're kind of called to keep jumping, you know. Um, you're called to keep jumping even if people aren't jumping with you because you have to set that example and that's what God wants us to do. You know, we're supposed to love and love hard and love real and that means sometimes we're going to put our heart in a sleeve and people are going to rip it up and that sucks. But 
the beauty is even if that hurts right now, God sees that and that's, you know, he recognizes that. And he knows that you're doing the right thing. You know, we talk about crowns, like even in moments when you do that, like to me, like that can be a crown, like mm. when you put your heart out there still. Mm. Um, so I would say in order to beat loneliness, you have to remember, um, you have to remember that you're calling as a Christian, if, if you're a Christian who asks this question, like, um, your call is to is to stay soft-hearted. Don't have your heart grow hard and and try to think that you can do it yourself. You know, um, you have to keep putting yourself out there, even if it hurts. So that, that'd be that'd be my biggest thing. Um, yeah, I was the same way. Valentine's Day has n- never really bothered me. I know it does it, and that's not me being, you know, cold. I know that's a real struggle for some people. Um, now, loneliness in general, I deal with. I've dealt with a lot. And, mm. uh, it's gonna sound corny and cliche, um, and kind of depressing at first. But I, I, I struggle. I still to this day can struggle with loneliness. Right? Loneliness to me comes in the moments when you feel like no one cares about your heart. No one wants to really know who you are. Um, you know, you can be the most popular guy in the world, the most popular girl in the world, and be lonely because no one really wants to know the real you, um, or to deal with you when you're not in a good place. Right? So I think. <clears throat> uh, what I had to come to realize is no one can ever make me not lonely for me. Like there's, uh, there are always going to be moments of loneliness. And in that you find peace in the father and God is real and God responds to you and can fulfill you in, in ways that, you know, you're just, most of us have given up hope of him doing. Hmm. So I, I've tangibly felt that before in my life and that, you know, God, gave me comfort and peace in those moments when, when from a worldly perspective, I just didn't have anyone. So it's kind of like a two-part to simplify it, except the fact that nobody can fully feel, fill that cup of loneliness in your heart. Mm. Um, but, and and, in doing that, but God can, and he does. Now, does that mean that we don't still long and like have to wrestle with, with human companion and want human companionship and friendship and even romantic relationships no you know of course not of course we want that and and i think sometimes in that pain in that loneliness uh sounds so weird but like we grow and we learn and we we learn to appreciate what we really want i hope i'm not sounding like fluff but that that's kind of my answer i think that's good i think i think that's really good especially like the part i because i didn't think about that in the moment was like putting that pressure on people Mm. where god's supposed to be at like That's really good, man, because I think you're right. I think a lot of times we can we can overly rely on people. You know. Yes. And I will say the other thing that kind of kind of a little bit ties with what you said is is that from a human perspective, is I share with people when I'm lonely, you know, give people a chance to speak into that and say and but quit quit doing covert contracts. Quit tricking people and expecting them to come to you like you said and actually just say, Hey, I'm lonely today. I'm strug I'm lonely today, you know? We don't ever, we've kind of been talking about this, people don't just ever go, hi, can I, do you want to hang out? Because they don't want to deal with, quote, rejection. Mm. So then we just all sit around lonely because we're like waiting for someone to ask us when none of us ask. You yep. Know? It's true, man. So that's why, like, if there's nothing going on, right, that we can all just naturally go to without asking each other to, meaning these people, then we don't do anything. So start yeah. asking people and sharing. It's good. I like that. All right. Uh, here we go. Do you guys think that Valentine's Day has become this weird idol in culture today and almost like a badge of honor or a trophy to show people? Example, how much they got 
uh, how expensive the gift was, how good their boyfriend or girlfriend, how great their life is. And then the bonus question is, how many of these people do you guys think are actually just faking on this holiday? And how many are really happy? Oh, man. It's a, I think it's definitely become... <clears throat> I think it's definitely become... Uh, oh, gosh. What was the first thing they said? <laughs> Uh, the part about being a weird idol. Yes, I think I think there's some there's definitely yeah. yes badge of honor. Yeah, I, I definitely think there's definitely like a badge of honor that comes along with Valentine's Day. Um, I think a lot of times it's used as an excuse to treat someone well for one day, and then just go back to normal the next day. Mm. Um, I think it's definitely a competition. Um, who can who can make the relationship look the best publicly as possible, you know? Um, yeah, I, I definitely think there's there's validity to that. Yeah, it's it's a strange thing. Hmm. I think that it is definitely an idol uh, for some people. I think I think what it is. We actually had this talk too. I think this was yesterday. I don't remember. If, I think it was us where we were talking about the idea that. Because I was sharing with you that, oh, you brought it up. This conversation mm-hmm. started because I was like, man, yeah. it never bothered me. Valentine's Day never bothered me. And we've me got either. some friends of ours who it's really, really messes with big time. Yes. Um, and, I, and I'm sympathetic to that. But it, I think it just becomes a symbol, right? This day becomes a symbol of their hopes being dashed versus like, because, which I think is added more to because of the second question they said were, this person asked, which they kind of have have made it into something it's not, mm-hmm. and I, which we had talked about even. Yeah, like, hey, they believe the hype that it's roses and and it's not, man. Yeah, that you know, time. it's so rare and like. Well, and even if it is that, <laughs> I don't know what happens the day after. Exactly, that's the bigger picture. Yeah, that's so, like the bigger point to me. So, do I think all the people that brag on Facebook? I, I read a quote one time that. And I don't know if this is true. I don't remember who said it, but something like if you have to brag on Facebook about your relationship, you're covering something. I don't know if that's true. I'm not saying Dude, that. That actually would make sense. It makes because... sense about life, too. Yeah, <laughs> not insulting you if you did. I'm not saying it's true, but I have right. read that. Like if, if the same person is constantly doing it, like trying to – like why are you doing that, like, right? Why are you like, trying to give us that image? It's almost well, like dude, you're trying to convince yourself. Yeah. Trying to convince yourself at the end of the day. And also, ironically, this is what I thought. Now, this is very cocky of me, but again, my wife is going to be a very lucky woman, but also very – Upset woman with me at times. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I think of this. You're right. What happens the day after? Look, at the end of the day, I ain't looking to have Valentine's Day once a year. I'm looking to have Valentine's Day every single day. Boom. That's romance. Exactly. That's, I think and that's they where say we see a lot of that problem. Dead. That's why it's an I eye. stabbed it. Sorry, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was the murderer of chivalry. <laughs> I love chivalry. I know he's not the one. Actually, dude, that's one of the guy who knows about chivalry. It's this guy. Yeah, but I'm told I'm not because mm. uh, I don't know because chivalry gets mixed up with with well, it's not like ca- candy hearts exactly, yeah, which is whatever. not it's not the same. Come with the nuts. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I will say I used to be probably that way though. Like you and I both, you said that. I think people would probably be shocked to see that I'm kind of like you, Clint, in some ways that. I used to be that guy. Me that too. That would be like, Ooh, here's a poem. Yep. Here's this. And then I realized nobody cares about it. So, <laughs> Dude, so. it's true though, man. Like, yeah. I know for me, I know like I made a little joke earlier off air. It was like, dude, like women were my life. That's literally all I cared about. So like, it's funny because. Oh, man. 
I'm always uncomfortable. Sorry, guys. I'm always <laughs> uncomfortable in this chair. Dude, yeah, you're not great on something back support. So, <laughs> and then the back support I have pushes me forward. <laughs> anyway, and you know, women were like everything. Like that's like the only thing I cared about for a long time in life, really. And like it was like one of the only things I actually really ever pursued. And you know, it's funny because I, like you said, I was like that too. Like I was. I would try to, like, you know, bend over backwards to try to make anything and everything happen and mm. make it, you know, the storybook of a relationship. And, dude, it's just not realistic. And, like, you know, I think then I didn't realize the the problem was me, like, and how I was viewing it. And so it's funny because now it's like, yeah, it's not as big of a deal to me, but it's because it was all, like, it was all paper then, you know, you have a sermon that you preached years ago, dude, that I, that's when I was first coming around called Paper Christian. Mm. And dude, I can, I can take that and like, I can relate that to so many different other aspects of life. So like a paper boyfriend or like a paper relationship, like that's all it was, mm. you know? And now that, you know, I, I met you guys and, you know, and I know Jesus now, like, <clears throat> dude, like when it comes to like what you said, like chivalry, dude, like that's what women really want. They just don't, it's funny. It's like they don't know they want it, but they, you know, it's interesting. So, but yeah, I was that guy too. I was, and it was, it never ended well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get it. It's strangely, I, I think I've only ever had one Valentine's Day with a girlfriend. I don't even remember if I, I, I know I did probably something. I just don't remember what it was. Because mm-hmm. I, this was also young Clint who had zero confidence and still thought the same way. Just was like, had no belief in himself at all. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I do see that because it gets into a dangerous place of like you're, you, then they become everything, and then that is not okay. And that goes both ways. Women can do that with guys. Mm-hmm. Romance isn't bad. Love nope. is not. You know, romantic relationships were wired for relationship. It makes right. sense. Um, but I, you know, I'm always leery. They won't fix everything. And those people that are miserable. A lot of times, what I've found out is a lot of time, a, a lot of guys. Okay, women too probably agree, but guys I know pretty well, is that guys will use their lack of relationship as a symbol for their failure in every other aspect of life. Oof. You know what I mean? So they, they, they do end up saying, hey, if I get this woman, then everything else will be good. And that, and that, that isn't the case. And it's too much pressure, too. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> Build your kingdom, then find your queen. Anyway, question. Why do you think youth ministries are dying out across the country? especially since the youth are the future of the church. I ask this because I just look around and I don't see people actually moving with any urgency to teach or love on kids, and that's concerning. Hmm. I think it's something to be concerned about, first and foremost. Um, honestly, like, <laughs> we're still, when I think of, like, me, for example, you know, if I'm just being real, I'm like a selfish guy, so I tend to think about my own life a lot of the time. And I can make up a lot of excuses of like, yeah, man, I'm just not good with kids. And like, <laughs> you know, and I'm sure, you know, you take that kind of mindset and then you apply it to a lot of people. They probably are, if they're real with themselves, they're probably similar. Um, and then you don't care about the next generation. You just care about yourself. <laughs> so um, I don't know, man. That's kind of where my, my mind initially goes. Um, I think for people who actually do have like a heart for it, I think – they probably struggle with fear would be my, my case. Like that would be my, my guess is like they, they struggle with the fear of messing them up mm, I don't think of that side with of like my own, like their own ugliness, mm. you know, well, I'm going to instill that in them. So, you know, someone else should do it. And then before you know it, you have everybody saying the same thing and same, same issue, 
you know, mm. no one's there to help, you know. That's a good point. Um, yeah, that's those are the two places I went. People who probably are too caught up in themselves and then the ones who actually have a heart for it, they are too caught up in, you know, spilling their own crap on them. <laughs> yeah, I also thought those, that's really good points, man. Um, I think that I would agree with those. <clears throat> I also think people tend to view, do you want me to be cynical or do you want me to be, <laughs> like, give a more uh, optimistic reason? You can hear both. Cynical. <clears throat> a lot. Of, it's because youth are not treated as people. Mm. So youth are treated as a way to keep the parents who bring the money. Um, they're not viewed as lost people. They're not viewed as the ministry, right? Mm. They're viewed as... Business? Uh, kind of. I mean, they're just viewed as like something that's needed to please the adults because the adults want their kids taken care of mm. sometimes. Um, I think that uh, there is this mentality that... Well, they won't understand, so let's not make it as important. I think this is mentality of, um, you know, you you want them to act a certain way, so you start training them to be, to act a certain way versus actually discipling them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then, uh, so that's that's sort of the cynical viewpoint, and and I, I believe that. I worked in, uh, you guys know this, I worked in youth um and with at-risk youth for a long time in faith-based organizations. Yeah, man. Uh, one of the organizations I worked with, my job was to work with churches and connect them with us because I like to say to people that were church, I'd be like, listen, we've got a massive youth group, essentially, for kids that aren't Christians. That's what we are. It's wild. Um, we wanted to connect them. We used to always say, come fish in our pond. You know, come here. And you wouldn't believe the amount of pushback I got for that. It's part of the reason we started this church. Um, genuinely. It's, nuts, man. it's one of the... Uh, <clears throat> so... People just, and, and a lot of times youth leaders, they just think that their job is to, you know, as long as they're, this sounds so cynical, but as long as they're investing in the kids of the people who matter mm. versus oh, the kids, you know, it doesn't matter if you're the parents a member or not. It doesn't matter if the parents on the board, it doesn't matter if parents give a lot of money, you know, all those kids matter to God, to Jesus. It's really good, man. Yeah. And then the, thank you. And then the other part would be, uh. Let's see, I said there were kind of two things as you were talking. I'm trying to think of the other one. Um, just on the cynical side? Yeah, I, I, I think, <laughs> well, I don't know. That was the real cynical one. I think I think they just, I think your part is, is, is a big part of it, which is, I'm going to take it a little farther. You said sort of they're afraid they're going to mess them up. I think they don't want to put the effort in to connect with them. Mm. Each generation says, oh, this new generation is hard to connect with. And, you know, here's, the, here's what I can tell you. It doesn't matter the kid. Kids want connection. Youth want community. They want to be poured into. I used to, when I worked for this one organization, we spent money and we had all the things, the pool tables and the games. And and I would do all that. I would have program all the games and the trips and all that. But that's not what changed lives. I could have all that. What I used to tell people is the volunteers that I brought in, it was important for me to find volunteers that were invested in the kids because that's what kept them coming back. They long to be seen, to be loved, be poured into and even mm-hmm. the best parents can't cover all those bases there's a uh, <clears throat> certified in this thing called the 40 keys to teenage development from the search institute you can look that up and essentially what it says is it, it the more assets a kid has in their life growing up the more the 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 better how do i put this the better chance it is that they become a productive and healthy member of society mm-hmm. <clears throat> no kid has all 40 
Okay. But you want a certain amount. And one of them is having other adults other than your family that care and pour into you. That is an asset. That's rare, and, man. Um, you'll be shocked at how few assets most kids have. And, uh, man, you know, the kids today are dealing with stuff that even they're anxious and they're scared because of the onslaught of social media. We'll go into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's bombarding them all the time, right, with fear yeah. and with anxiety and with this pressure to keep up because they've been raised in the social media like everybody's doing great. I should be matching them. That's right. They think that's reality. So I think a lot of times we just don't want to invest in kids, and it takes more than just saying hi to them to change lives. That's really yeah. good, man. So that's my thoughts. Sorry, I'm, I'm really passionate about that's youth good, and teens dude. Still, I, man, I so. think you're spot on, man. That's just my really thoughts. Hundred percent, you're spot on. And the, the reason why I know you're so spot on is literally the group of guys I used to run with. Like at the end of the day, we changed, probably for the worse, but in some ways, I'd like to think that we changed them for the better. Um. There was kids in that group that did not, and, and we were a bunch of, there was a lot of hicks I was around, and then I wasn't fully, like, I, they called me a cowboy at the end of the day, but it was it was a weird group of people that we'd all do, and we'd get these FFA kids, or these kids that literally grew up in, like, the middle of nowhere. They didn't grow up in, like, the city. They still went to, like, Carroll High School, and they still went there because that was the only high school that, they were still farther out, and they were working on a farm most of the time, but they still had to go to school, so they went to Carroll High School because they didn't get homeschooled, and, like... There was kids that people didn't want to connect with or they were the weird kids and they would come out to these parties and stuff like that where they would just let loose and then they would slowly along the way, your upperclassmen start to teach you a few things like, hey, you don't slap Billy in the face. That's not right. Like he didn't do anything to you or you don't, you open a door for a woman. You always do that. You mm. treat her with respect. You love your mama. You always go talk, talk yeah, to your parents. Like <laughs> If you're gonna go do something, go do it. Like, and it was it was a weird weird thing. But I always look back now and I get, and I go, man, they are more invested investing into these kids in high school, to whether they go and become farmers or they go and become even criminals at this point. But these guys at these parties were more invested in these kids than some youth pastors are in their churches, and these aren't saved people. And they are not good people 95% of the time. But at the end of the day, they're willing just to sit around a fire with some kids and go, look, this is what I did wrong in life. And this is it. Have fun. Do this. And like, yeah, they mentored them. Exactly. And that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to do that. And it makes me sad. It makes me think of like, that's good, man. That's how you change lives. Yeah. You disciple. What, what I was thinking of, especially like, like when you're talking about how, because I, like I know more of you, like your story with mm-hmm. like you being involved in youth and like a lot of the time I feel like people are focused on like the mass, right? Like the masses, like, well, we have this many kids. Come. Yeah, let's get a hundred or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it's, you, you really know you're doing it when you have just a few kids whose lives have completely changed. And I know I'm not going to cry. That's true, dude. You know, like life change. That's yes. what matters. And like, you're, and that's why I think, like you said, like that's probably why you looked for volunteers who were invested because you know you can't change a hundred kids' lives by yourself. You can't, but like you know, like it was your responsibility, and you had to take it on to to invest. And and the ones you invested in, you loved them like you loved them hard, man. And like they did, the lives were changed. You know, mm-hmm. I know of one specifically, Zach. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, he's a special guy, but yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so like <clears throat> and there are there are good youth pastors out there. Right. And that's the cool part. When you meet one 
who's passionate. Oh. I used to know some, you know. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of the ones I think I told you this back in the day was at one of the biggest churches here, and you kind of you're kind of surprised by it, right? They get they get the bad mo because they had a lot of kids, but he had a real passion. It's really cool for for youth back then, and, mm-hmm. and he was one of the few that like he would come there even for those kids when he didn't. Of all the youth pastors, like he could have done a whole like, um, I've got a hundred ones I'm dealing with. Yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. it's cool when you see that. Yeah, dude. Like it's, you know, I think people are more focused on the masses of it all instead of realizing like sometimes you have to, like it's the, it's the couple whose lives actually really change. And like, mm. it's what you said, man, like kids really do look for connection. You know, I was thinking about like, just like interactions with kids that like either I've had or like I've heard people have and like, man, like what does it look like to, you know, instead of just being like, Hey, how are you doing buddy? You know, or mm. like, Hey, you know, having some fun playing basketball, like, like, you know, be like, hey, man, you know, like, even just setting the example, like, man, I'm kind of lonely today. Like, do you ever get lonely? Yes. And, like, bro, yes. like, I bet you that would change a kid's, like, whole perspective of being able to talk to you. Because I think a lot of the time, like, mm. when I think about how I interact with kids, like, I don't ever do that. But it's convicting because I go, but I can. You know, I've had opportunities. And it's, like, it goes back to, like, being, like, selfish and insecure. Like, we're, mm. like as people, as adults, like, we can even be insecure in the fact, like, we can't tell, like, a kid that, man, we're lonely or we're sad because Mm -hmm. we don't see the impact it can have on them to open up and we can help. Instead, we're more worried about ourselves and, like, we can't look bad. We can't look like, whoa, you know, we we, we can't be sad because then that might make them sad instead of realizing, man, if they realize I'm sad, maybe they'll actually admit they're sad so then we can help. But no one thinks like that, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So that was another thought. And I don't know. That's something that I, even I personally, even though I said that, I can take, like, I can take something away from that. Like, and it's funny, man. It's weaved into a lot of other stuff, too. Like, that's why it's so important to be honest with each other. And, like, you know, this this question was specifically about youth, but then you can even apply it to life and your friends and your family. And, like, honesty is just so important because then you don't realize how many people you can help and lives that could possibly be changed mm-hmm. just by you being honest and then it helps them be honest and like dang it man mm. so i guess i guess this brings mm. up an interesting point so in my story there was a bunch of stuff that happened and i was struggling with things and i ended up praying to god i said give me give me answer this question maybe one day i'll, I'll go deeper into that and i had a question and i it, almost probably the most like i i want an answer like why why is this? And mm. this this applies to so many things in life. And basically, it didn't happen like immediately, like what everybody says. But what I basically saw an image in my head, and I caught the tree. And it's essentially, there's this line. And it's this line that keeps going, and it splits off. And you have two lines. And then that line hits another point, and it splits off again. And it splits off into three ways. And it keeps splitting off and splitting it off. And the idea is, is and, and that main line is still going and splitting off again and again and again. And the idea is, is that main line is you. And as you're going through life, that you're that line. And every time you meet somebody and you talk to somebody and you interact with somebody, that's another line going off. And then they go and meet somebody and they do it. And you directly impact that person. Mm. And you're doing that throughout your life. So that's why it's so important to do the Great Commission. That's why it's so important to go mm. and do all those things that we're told to do like we're going to go tell the gospel because you don't know what you're affecting you don't truly know what you're affecting it's why you do need to talk to each other you do need to go do that because it's again why jesus says you they will know you by the way you love each other 
because they will see that because of that interaction that affects other people and then that interaction will affect other people and then it's, it's like wildfire that's how the old church spread and, and and i don't fully understand everything about this but i just i've thought over that a lot recently where it's almost like it's coming back up again it's like again god's speaking to me going hey remember this thing that i literally was you asked for this is applies to your life right now i didn't it literally applies to everything you just have decided to be disobedient and not look at this and like it's that idea and that's not even an idea to like this is going to happen don't get anxious about that because it's going that the whole idea of the tree is that it's going to happen no matter what you do what you can do you can't control how your effect on another person necessarily will come out what you can do is do what jesus told you to do and love on people and be that way and operate like he told you to operate go love people go make disciples of all nations pray read be with one another, talk to one another, love on each other. Like it all affects everything at the end of the day. It's very intentional. And when you don't do that, you get into a sin culture. You get into the problems that are there. Yeah, he gave me a thought of, <clears throat> you know, if we if we approached sometimes those things that we're called to do, all the things you listed off as things that need to be done versus things we wait to feel like being done. <coughs> so, so sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. So you know, I think it's it's like work, work or work or fitness. So much of that, when you do, you don't want to do it emotionally. You do it because of the end goal. And I think if we would stop approaching our faith as like a feel first, then move, instead of moving and then feel, and we just don't do that. We wait to we wait to feel before we move. And and, and it's convicting to me. Yeah. Because if what if we did thirty days of that? What if you did 30 days of every day waking up and doing exactly what God told you to do? Huh? One degree. Yeah, one degree. Yeah. Yeah. If you did one of those, yeah, it's good. Great stuff, guys. I love that. Great questions. The other question we just got, we got another one in mid-show. Wow. On deconstruction. I want to do, and I know we've said this 75 times, so I'm going to say it to fun turn because he will keep us on it because you and I have failed miserably. I want to do an, a short episode on this concept of deconstructing Christianity. It's become mm. a big deal. Yes, it, it has. It's popped up the article that... Huh? It's popped up a lot. Yeah, well, that's what was sent in, too. And they sent an article that it'd be good for us to read before we answer. I'd like to do that this week, guys, so stick with me. If you ask a question on deconstruction, came in mid-show, thank you so much. We are going to answer that and, and kind of go a little even deeper into that i'd love to to really dive into that topic because it's becoming okay. so it's becoming a big deal man it is and man. a lot of people and my age and younger are are this is some popular phrase and we need to discuss and the question is is deconstructionism a good thing or a bad thing hmm. um deconstructing your faith so i really want us to um, to dive into that and i think it's important that everybody understands that this stuff is real hmm. that it matters what we're telling people about it and not to get swept up in the crazes sometimes of um, sort of what's popular, right? Does that make sense? Absolutely, man. So, yeah, the article they gave is, is deconstruction a good or a bad thing? Thoughts. So we'll have to, before we can get thoughts, I, I was what I was doing a minute ago, kind of perusing it real quick because I, it popped right up. <laughs> and I'd, we'd, we'd want to do that, but I want to do an article in an entire episode. Yeah. So I'll try to drop that this week to you guys. Um, another, another little mini episode. Um, do you think we should do the real news view, real views on that little mini episode, or, or dive into a couple today? Hmm. Here it is, guys. We're just talking and working it out with you live in the moment. That's right. I think we should do at least one real news, real view today, and then we could do the rest because we have a ton of articles. 
We do, and they're really good. That's why I want to. Yeah, um, we really do have a ton. You got well. How about you, man? You threw them together, like put them together. We all brainstormed them, but uh, I think got a lot. Which one do you want to go over? Well, we kind of already went over that one, and kind of. Yeah, I, would, I, I am going to go over it more in the next mm-hmm. one. But. Um, you know what? We were just talking about kids, man. I think Gen Z would be pretty interesting. Yeah, I actually read that article as well. Yeah, that was the one around. I fully read. Yeah. So, um, the article is <clears throat> it's from the Gospel Coalition, and it's six things Christians should know about Gen Z. Mm. And a really uh, cool article. If you want to go to that, you can go to www.gospelcoalition.org slash article slash gen dash Z slash backslash. So, you just type in Gospel Coalition, six things to know, and it'll pop up. Oh, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> it kind of starts by telling us that the leading edge of Gen Z turns 25 this year. And research tells us that Gen Z is less likely to read the Bible than previous generations. They're more likely to go to college. Believe the government should do more to solve problems and have a TikTok account. They live in a digital world that changes rapidly. They spend a few days offline. They don't know the jokes their friends are giggling at, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so <clears throat> I kind of let you take it over from there. <clears throat> That's what I guess I should finish that. Gen Z isn't as cohesive as previous generations. The call for mm-hmm. cultural references and grown-up experiences of one part of the generation, 25, aren't the same for a 19 or a different for a 14-year-old. Mm. So, um, <clears throat> Chase Dawes, who's a Reform University Fellowship Campus Minister at University of California, Berkeley, says, quote, Gen Z is rooted in the rise of technology and the novelty that created. They experience things that a clip much faster than anyone else, and they're occupying worlds we don't have access to and can't keep up with. <laughs> but they aren't accessible. That's right, man. And so they, <clears throat> they, they came up with a list of six things that um, we should know about, you know, the, the Generation Z. I guess Gen Z, before, man. Yeah, before you get to that, real quick, sorry. I didn't know what you were going to go to, so I want to set this up. Oh, my bad. A couple things. No, that's okay. I, I didn't. That's me. Um, I just think it's important, especially because you're diving in. One, it said nobody's debating. It's obvious that Gen Z, according to all these people, mm-hmm. is less religious than any generation. Oh, yeah. Uh, we see that consistently, said Tony Dentman, Campus Outreach Area Director, University of Illinois. He says, it used to be that when I was dealing with a freshman in college, they'd say their parents or someone in their parents' generation took them to church. Hmm. But in the last two or three years, students in Chicago have started telling him it's their grandparents' generation who are their faith connection. He said, quote, in my experience, most of them will claim they're atheists. However, once we're talking and I tell them what an atheist is, they're finding out they're agnist- I'm sorry, agnostic. They don't know about God, don't care, and don't know if it's worth trying to find out. Hmm. So it's not a surprise that Gen Z has a very low biblical literacy, which is funny because they think they know, meaning they don't know what it says. Right. They're less likely than previous generations to be familiar with the Bible, to know how to use it, or to believe the Bible contains everything a person needs to know to live a meaningful life. Hmm. Since fewer of them know a real-life Christian, this is interesting. Wow. Often their conceptions of religion come from the media, so... Christianity seems like a Republican thing, a conservative thing, even a Southern thing, or an anti-masking thing. But even if the Christian label isn't attractive, Gen Z is willing to talk about deep things, questions about injustice, identity, meaning of life. Uh, Dawes says, when you get on the ground, people are still people. And you can have the conversations we've always had about who I am, why am I here, why do I feel guilt, what does healthy success look like, and how do I handle failure in a healthy way? He said, these connection points, including agreement on the brokenness of the world or the seriousness of issues like body, vocation, or creation, point naturally to Christianity. Almost every, almost everybody's open to talking about the things of God. And almost, and this is so interesting based on what you guys said earlier, and almost everyone is looking for someone to talk to. All right. It's really good, man. Uh, it also says that even before COVID, Gen Z was the loneliest generation on record. 
Um, and he said a lot of this comes from an idealistic portrayal of a relationship. This kind of tags into the uh, <clears throat> the the Valentine's Day question. Uh-huh. He said whether through social media or pop culture, uh, Berkeley Rough Campus staff member Morgan Kendrick said they see and post images of a friend group laughing in a restaurant, a couple dates on a beach, and if you read the comments, they're flooded with I quote I want this or hashtag goal. She said there's a di- desire for relationships, but a big disconnect in knowing how to cultivate them. Yes. It's easy for a church or a campus ministry to step into that gap. That's really good, man. And then they go on to talk about that this organization started doing, holding events, even though they're a Christian organization, that weren't explicitly Christian. Nope. Because what they were trying to do was meet them in a place they did want, which was community, ironically. So they said, if we we, we can't meet them, they're not going to come to this Christian event, but if we put on an event, a community event, they'll come, and then... It's pretty cool. Then it says, then they leave after getting to know people with uh, having a lunch meeting or a coffee date with the pastor or a staff person. You know what I mean? Right. So um, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. So <clears throat> he said, it's, if you're interested in growing a Gen Z community, it's important to have a core group of committed young people at the center. Mm. All right. I guess I doubt it'll be in a couple. I'm sorry. That's really good. Oh, no, man. I think so it's I'm awesome. Here, yeah. Um, I think. And then there's more to talk about still, but if you have any, I, I was thinking I was setting that up and I forgot that is part of the, the list. No, it's good, man. I think I think yeah, threat to Gen Z is so one of the this points that they make is that Gen Z is is uh, anxiously digital. Um, it says that uh, connected to Gen Z's loss of in-person community and the rise of smartphone and simultaneously mental health challenges, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, Gen Z is sometimes called iGen, a generation always on their mobile <clears> phones. <throat> You know, it's funny because that could even probably link into millennials a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the level of panic is high. Um, every everything is out there all in the t- everything is out there all the time on social media. As this generation leans into that, their anxiety goes up. But as they disengage from it, they feel like they're missing out. So it's just kind of like a pendulum. They're always swinging back and forth. Um, part of the problem is that every social media platform is like a stage in which Gen Zers both perform and compare themselves to others. So like what we were saying, like even earlier with the Valentine's Day thing, like. You know, you're always con- trying to compete and compare and contrast to what people are seeing on just a social media platform instead of actually understanding people's lives, man. Um, mm-hmm. they're tr- what they're trying to create in a- is a life that they're never enslaved to anything, where there's always a way out. Uh, it seems like always having a back door would be liberating. Instead, it's often destabilizing. Be- being socially anxious is now so prevalent that it's almost cool. That that was interesting. Yes. Yes, that was – I thought that was very interesting that they brought that up. Um and then they continued and they said, it's weird to say I'm, I'm fine, Millard said. It's almost like if you aren't feeling anxious or overcome, it's like, what are you doing? That is true. <laughs> yeah. um, they go on in that same one. He says, one of their students recently asked them for Bible verses on loneliness, being lost and feeling unworthy. And he says, that's Gen Z right there in a nutshell. Mm, yep. That's really good. Um, let's see. But yeah, I mean, that, that's huge, man. And kind of what I said a second ago, like it reminds me of, you know, you got Gen Z and that even leaks into millennials a little bit with this this age of technology. You know, it's caused a lot of anxiety and it's caused a lot of like, you know, this weird part where we have to feel involved, but also like we realize that it's almost unhealthy how it is, but it's just like a weird conundrum. And I like that they mentioned how like the church is such a cool, like there's such a cool gap there to like fill them in because it seems like there's always this a to z Mm. but this generation of people you know these kids you know they just have a hard time seeing everything in between and we have such a cool opportunity as the church to like help fill that in man um 
Let's see. I was trying to look at f- for some more stuff. Um, oh, as far as them being anxious and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Um, now, it's cool because they mention, like, feelings of inadequacy, anxiety, or depression aren't beyond Christianity. Instead, Christianity is tailor-made for them. That's what they say. We need to double down on the whole counsel of God. Uh, the Bible pre- prepares you for suffering, for joy, for sadness, for total failure. Um, and, 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 and then it goes on to say, uh, tech isn't all bad. It also offers opportunities. In Boston, um, there's a guy named Crew. Uh, he's been fruitfully connecting with kids online in California. Um, and it says that there needs to be uh, this another guy that says, uh, Kicker says there needs to be more Christian presence online, not less. Um, mm. Huh. Yeah, or like so, like some of these other people said, like so many of their opinions are formed through Twitter threads. <laughs> I wonder what it looked like for the older, more seasoned folks to enter those spheres in a wise and reasonable way. Is that even possible? Can you be disengaged from the toxicity of that space while simultaneously ministering to the people who are forming their opinions there? Um, I don't know, man. It's just they they bring up a lot of good points and a lot of ideas, and like even that, like the Twitter thing, like you know, is it possible? I think it's possible. But I can also see why they're even asking why it's possible because it almost seems like any time you try to step into that world, you get sucked into it. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Um, <laughs> they did bring up the, the point that um, it is possible to enter into that world, but it's prob- it probably won't be older folks who do it. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, I think that's probably, that's probably one of the last point they make is that, you know, it is possible to step into it, uh, but it just requires, you know, some of the, quote, younger folks to actually, you know, take responsibility and take what we know and and come alongside the Gen Z, you know. Yeah, and I, I, I like because a lot of it we see in our church. Our church people have asked us, but we've, we've reached out to a younger demographic, and mm-hmm. we see a lot of this being true. Um, for instance, you know, <clears throat> they feel strong. This is interesting before we get to that. It says Gen Z feels strongly. Uh, it also says, okay, so the next point would be they're fervently principled. They have mm-hmm. principles. They feel strong about some principles, welcome diversity, not challenging someone else's beliefs, which is so annoying to me, but <laughs> less strong about others. Lying and that moral principles don't change with society, so they don't care to lie. Mm-hmm. But, however, one of their favorite principles is matching actions to word. Mm. Um. Four out of five Gen Zers said they would stop buying brands and spread the word about companies who thought their campaigns were macho, racist, or homophobic. When asked how a Christian would appeal to them, Gen Z's first choice would be, quote, seeing how the person behaves and aligning their actions to speak rather than using words to explain their faith to me. And he put it this way. I love this. Dentman says, in the church, quote, your outreach to the world has to embody the life of Jesus. It can't be all talk. Man. Um, and he goes on to say, uh, <clears throat> he says, you know, he recommends to reach these college students, these people, and it recommends welcoming college students with things to do. College students, people serving children's ministry, welcoming visitors mm-hmm. at the door, joining a home group, attending a men's breakfast. Quote, if you can cast the vision and let them know why greeting people at church is essential, we talk about this all the time here, right? The mission. Why does one ministry matter? It's meeting someone who's lonely, for instance, and lost, and giving them a place that feels like home and family. Gen Z will take the volunteer t-shirt and own it. They're looking to make a difference. Mm. <laughs> the next point is Gen Z isn't great with communication or commitment. Yep. <laughs> uh, it says uh, they're hard to get. The most connected generation in history is also hard to get a hold of. So some tips they give. Ask them to put their phone down in a meeting. Let them know when you reach out to them, you'll need to respond them to respond a certain frame, time frame. They may even need explanations about the repercussions of work not accomplished. For the past two years, COVID has erased many of the natural consequences at school. Hmm. 
And, and this is encouraging and, and convicting me even, is don't take it as a sign of disrespect. Rather than getting frustrated, let them know what you want them to do. Hmm. Interesting. Then, uh, it's pretty cool. This, is, this one's wild. I don't know if you're a Gen Z's missional. Mm. It says 82% of Christian teenagers told Barna, Barna Institute does uh, polls. Religious polls. Yeah. yeah. It was, that is important to share their faith and they're serious. Almost 80% of Christian teenagers have talked with someone about God in the past year. It's wild, man. Doing so doesn't make them feel afraid. Instead, these conversations make them, make them feel calm and peaceful. Quote, Millard says, they have a zeal for the Lord. It's really exciting. This generation is missionaries. These students are coming up in a world that isn't Christian. While previous generations grew up in a Christian American and went overseas to find unreached groups, Gen Z is more equipped to reach the post-Christian United States or the next generation than anybody else. Not only that, but they're able to go where other generations didn't. They're creating virtual worlds. And it's just pretty crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, today it's easy to move around the web without ever running into Christianity. This is so cool because we push this all the time in our church. Ren, folks are that are listening. Listen to this. It's easy to move around the web without ever running into Christianity. He said, quote, I think digital missions will be led by this generation. God is doing something unique. Anyway, Millard sees a huge opportunity for great kingdom work in Gen Z. I really do. His advice to older Christians. If you're an older Christian out there, you want to know how to reach out to him, you probably, we were rushing through it and you lost interest, but pay attention right now. He says, quote, don't be afraid of their questions. Don't be afraid of their doubts. Just keep speaking truth. That's what Jesus did. It's good, man. It's good. So good. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Mm. Love that. It's man. funny, man, because I was born, you know, I was born in 95, so I'm considered a millennial, but I'm pretty, I'm kind of a cusp. Mm-hmm. I'd probably consider yeah. myself a ge- uh, millennial Gen Z cusper. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this stuff even applies to me, you know, like I can read that and be like, man, like that's kind of like, that can apply to how I, I suck, you know, Stop it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, or, or like, you know, just the, like the disadvantages of like Having how that. I am, yeah. like, oh, I mean, as far as digitally, and yeah, it's affected, yeah, digitally. And even <clears throat> like the stuff they said, like, Hey, you need to let these people know what repercussions they're going to have, you know, like yeah. that kind of stuff, like sort of indicative of like, you know, there's no hard line on these generation things. I mean, mm-hmm. they're all, this is this postmodern world we live in this post-Christian as they call it, where, Excuse me, we're not, we've always known we're not, true Christians aren't the majority, but we're now, it's like becoming more culturally acceptable to not only not be Christian, but to even be anti-Christian. Man. So, you know, these, who's going to be the leaders of this generation? It's kind of cool how this all fits in with the, the topics and what we talked about earlier. Anyway, long show today. It's really good, man. Go check that out, guys. If you're a pastor, if you're a, an older person who wants to know how to connect, these these kids matter, and um, that's a great article from the Gospel Coalition on how to reach them and some some really tangible tips. Yeah, man. It's really cool. That being said, I think we're done for the day. You got anything you want to say? Uh, just thank you guys so much for uh, listening to this whole episode. If, if you're listening to this right now, <laughs> then you know you made it. Um, well, thank you so much for free. watching the whole thing. Yep, virtual we'll have a, a virtual cookie. Nice. Uh, what do we call it? Uh, uh, wow, what are those things called that you sell that are not real? NFT? Yeah, give you an NFT cookie. <laughs> Look it up. Um, if you're watching from Facebook, please give this video a like, a share, a comment. You know, we just read to you how important it is, you know, like, to reach, yes. yes, like, it's good, man. you know, we talk, you know, they're talking about how, you know, on the internet, you know, so many people can just go through the internet without even seeing a lick of Christianity, you know, make that a point, you know, let's, let's be part of this new generation, you know, let's. Let's put the crap aside and go, you know what, man? Like, instead of just being careless and not caring about the next generation, why don't we 
why don't we do something about it? And you know what? It's digital. We got to do something. So share this video. <laughs> um, if you're watching from YouTube, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell so that you can get notified the next time we post. And if you're watching from Rumble, share the link. You know, whether it's on your social media, you know, give it a rumble. You know, that's one of those places, man, that's still up and coming, and it'd be cool to get a better presence there. Um, that's good. And other than that, I just appreciate you guys hanging around with us. You know, this show is cool. You know, it's one of those things, you know, we go back and forth between our lives and just answering questions from you guys, and such a cool opportunity to learn and just, I don't know, man, it it really does bless me. So thank you guys for your questions, and thank you for even just, you know, listening because without it it wouldn't be a thing so love you fun turn you got anything all right it's time for my nice lovely spiel all righty so if you're listening on the podcast we love that you're here but we ask you to leave a review you can tell us anything in that nice little box where you can write things but we ask for it to be a five-star review you could even tell us your favorite uh your favorite hat what type of hat do you like i personally like cowboy hats and ball caps um (laughs) or your favorite stuffed animal i don't know uh, anything you want to put down there, go ahead and put it down there in the, the little part where you says leave a review. Or you could leave us something very heartfelt. Either way, we appreciate it, and we greatly appreciate it. If you didn't like this show and you didn't like what we were talking about and you have lots of disagreement and you don't want to talk it out, if you do want to talk it out, we have a lovely thing. It's the uh, anonymous link where you can drop questions in and we can have a discussion there. And we can't wait to have that discussion with you as long as you're willing to talk it out. But if you're not and you want to just be mean, well, you can go on down the road. We were happy to have you for the time that we have. And we're <laughs> sad that you, you really hate us now. So we ask you to keep on going and have a great life. We'll be praying for you. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. All right. Great job today, guys. All of you. Appreciate you. Love you. Hey, you know the deal. Come back, keep sending those questions in there. Yes. Share, like, all that stuff. You heard it right here. I know a lot of people listen, but they don't share. Guys, listen to me. You want to reach this generation? You want to make an impact? You want to support a mission? This is just as much a mission trip as sending someone to a different country. I'm telling you right now. You just heard it from Mm -hmm. someone else. Take a second to like, share, or you can also support us financially. I mean that. You want these guys to, to be able to do this and give you even better content and longer. Well, they need to be able to function. We need to, to survive and um, equipment and all that kind of stuff. So consider giving a donation at www.theremnant.life. There's a drop-down box. Go all the way down to Real Talk and then go directly into this show and this ministry. You know, If you're looking for a missionary to support, uh, here's your opportunity hmm. to do something unique. Other than that, we love you guys. Hope you have a great day, and we mean this truly. God loves you. Bye-bye. God bless you.